Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. You have found the spot. Thanks for joining us on Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers here, powered by FantasyGuru.com as we reach midweek here on the program and uh, i i was thinking about this right before the show started that all the cool shows um are known by acronyms you know quick hitters ray mm-hmm. so i guess our acronym for fantasy sports daily is fsd the problem with acronym acronyms is is that quite often at this stage in life ray they're taken you know fsd may but i but i looked up as far as i can tell ray the only thing we're truly competing with is a small little computer slash automobile company called Tesla. Um, <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> they have full self driving. But uh, I think Fantasy Sports Daily can beat full self driving. People are going to call that robot driving. They're not going to call it FSD. So I think we're in the clear. That's too long. Yeah, you're right. Um, I. I did not know that. I know that Tesla does a lot of interesting things. I know that there's a Tesla charging station about half a mile from my house. I know that uh, people around here, because California is such a different spot, uh, that people live in two-bedroom apartments and drive a $75,000 Tesla. Um, it's it's an interesting scenario that plays out when you talk about Teslas in the Bay Area. Yeah, so I, I think we're going to steal the FSD acronym immediately. Okay. Um, you know, thankfully, the the, tes- the guy who runs Tesla, he's pretty relaxed and he lets things slide. He's not he doesn't like to cause a ruckus. So we should right. be cool there. And like I said, it's going to be called autopilot. No, nobody's going to call it FSD. That's not cool. You want to say, no, my robot's driving the car, um, which I, I love the idea. Like literally, Ray, there may be a point in the near future where you and I can be like scrolling, flying down the highway and hands off the wheels. And we're doing this program together. Like Jeff Manns does that. What was he do? Coffee thing. Yeah, but he still has to like keep the phone situated, the, right. the coffee in his hand, drive the car. Five years, Jeff ain't gonna have to do that. Like he'll be able to relax, have the coffee in the hand, and just have the Tesla or whatever vehicle it is drive them all around the Phoenix area. Quite the life to do that, actually. It, you know what? It's so funny you say things like that, and it's like, oh, and then you like remember when we were kids, they had the Jetsons, and mm-hmm. oh, you were gonna go to the moon. Yeah, right. Yeah, all these kind of things. And uh, you're right, technology moves at a breakneck pace. I think about the fact that my grandparents, uh, you know, legitimately used to get the milk bottles delivered and have the a guy bring ice cubes, giant ice cubes yeah. to the house to keep things cold. So the world changes fast, Kyle. Yeah, I, I remember the, the milk delivery slightly. There are still businesses out here who do that. Uh, but the ice thing, Ray, that, that's ancient, ancient, almost as ancient and long ago as when Carson Wentz was viable mm. in uh, fantasy football. Yes, indeed. We're, we're going to lead with Carson Wentz, I guess. Um, and Martavis Bryant, it's like 2018 all over again on FSD here at Fantasy Guru. Uh, here's what we've got on the program. Yes, indeed, I do not kid. Carson Wentz and Martavis Bryant are back in our lives, so we'll tell you what that means for both the Rams and the Cowboys, respectively. Uh, we'll also get you some other news and notes, a bit of injury news coming out of Tuesday's practices, but not all that much. Uh, Got to talk about the tight end position. Of course, over the weekend, we lost Dallas Goddard. Uh, I was looking at the position, and, and I'm in a league where I own Goddard, and I was kind of looking through the options. What should I do? Who should I pick up? How much should I spend? I think a lot of you might be going through that, but in general, the position as I was scrolling through it is a little bit better at tight end than we thought. Also, it's a Wednesday, so we'll take a look at some Week 10 spreads and totals. And then before we get out of here, a little NBA talk with Justin Finsterman, which if you noticed yesterday at FantasyGuru.com, there was no NBA DFS write-up. That is because the NBA had a grand total of zero games on Election Day. I think it was Election Day for a few people out there. Um, I literally, Ray, I I don't know if you had anything locally. I literally went to the polling booth. And there was one item, one single item that you had to give a yes or no vote on. And that was it, which I, I can't recall anything like under 10 or 20 items. But this was awesome. One item, and I was out in like 10 seconds. It was beautiful. Yeah, we've got – here's mine. Um, I do it from home. We've got wow. one item on ours too. One. It's about <laughs> uh, 
sewer systems and flooding and stuff. Well, you got you got to pay for that, Ray. You guys fix those people. They don't like to to pay for that stuff, but you need to. We're, ours was like a uh, maybe a half cent sales tax uh, to help the fire department. So I said, yeah, I uh, and fire trucks calls like seven hundred thousand bucks. Yeah. So yeah, give well, them a half cent for every dollar. Our, our fix the sewers is ten dollars a month forever. So <laughs> it's a little more expensive uh, for us here, uh, Kyle. But I, I think it'll probably pass you right. Believe me, Ray, you don't want your sewage backing up. No, okay? you don't. Yeah. That's true. It's it's worth the hundred and twenty bucks a month because if it starts to back up, then you're talking like upwards of a thousand a year. So one twenty oh, a year. Yeah. And I, you know, if it starts to back up, we're Technically, a lot of the barrier is below sea level, right? It's a lot of landfill and stuff too. So if it backs up, like houses are going to get it. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it'll probably pass. Kyle. Yeah, and 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 plus to to build sewage from from Northern California and to shoot it into Southern California, like you guys like to do uh, to your neighbors to the south, you, you need to invest in that. Is that stuff. what we do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You do, you hate Southern California? Come I, on, I do. I do. You, you know, Cal guys are are like snooty. That, that's that's what I hear. I, I love I love San Diego. Yeah, LA. so one yeah. spot, one little spot, Disneyland and San Diego. There you go. That's it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we'll talk some NBA with Justin. I mentioned no games last night. Uh, tonight's like a huge slate. Uh, we're lucky to get Justin on board because he is probably uh, feverishly uh, working through things. Fourteen games. I think it's fourteen. Yeah, fourteen games coming your way in the NBA tonight. So we'll talk some DFS, some season long stuff with Justin. As always, promo code. You see it there at the bottom. FSD two zero. 20% off of everything at fantasyguru.com. You got any uh, recent write-ups, Ray? Anything that uh, has been popping up on the website? Yeah. Um, to answer your question, I've got a baseball article over at the site. It's a free one. Everyone can go read it. Kind of just reviewing the World Series. You know, some of the, the amazing numbers and data from the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. A little uh, talk about gold gloves there. Uh, an ode to Nelson Cruz and his retirement. Uh, I was actually on with Jeff Manns on the One Man's Opinion podcast. Um, so that'll be available starting today all over the place. I was on last night with him. Kind of talked a little bit about you and I, actually, Kyle. You should probably listen to it about how we oh, really? uh, first Behind my back, discussing me with Jeff Manns for the yep. public to enjoy. Yep. I, I, thank you. That's great. I was nice. Um, Jeff <laughs> Jeff wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so people can check that out. And then uh, One Man's Opinion is the name of that podcast. And then uh, you know I'll be uh, having my... Uh, was it 12, 15,000 word article comes out every uh, Thursday. So that'll be out tomorrow morning right before the show begins. And then uh, Coffin Corner on Fridays where we have a lot of fun with numbers. So that's the rundown of Ray. Uh, I'm looking at the website right now. I guess we have some Mac football tonight. So if you're into college football, yes, indeed. We have a DFS breakdown for that slate. Uh, so kudos to our college football crew for having that out. And also uh, there is a preview of something called the Butterfield Bermuda Championship in golf the butterfield bermuda championship it sounds fun so check it check it out if you're into golf there's something for you to get prepped for uh we of course are mainly talking the biggies you know the, the footballs the basketballs the baseball the hockey we begin of course with some football and uh ray as noted carson Wentz, martavis bryant back with us it's kind of wild with carson Wentz. i remember uh this is let me check this, this is almost exactly six years ago yeah, December 10th of 2017, you and I were doing a show uh, that Sunday night on uh, Sirius XM Radio. And uh, that evening, the Rams and the Eagles were, were combatants. This is before the Rams opened the uh, beautiful new stadium there, the SoFi Stadium. Uh, this is when they were playing at the Coliseum. And I recall this game so vividly, Ray, because while you and I were on air, mm -hmm. Carson Wentz, was uh, leading the Eagles into the end zone and he was making a run into the end zone and like diving for the end zone and got clobbered, uh, blew his knee out, all this stuff. And that was in the midst of what would have been an MVP season. Yeah. Like Wentz was going to win the MVP that year. Uh, he was at 33 touchdown passes to seven picks with like three, four games left to go. Yeah, he was, was going to end up with two. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were flying high. This is the year that, by the way, the Eagles won the, the Super Bowl mm -hmm. because what happened? Nick Foles took over. Mm -hmm. And Ray, ever since that moment, when Carson Wentz goes down in L.A., disaster. I mean, his career's fallen off a cliff. He, he was like the best quarterback in football up until that moment. Uh, the injury happens in L.A. The last five, six years have been just ugly and, and multiple teams and 
Didn't last in Philadelphia, of course. Now we get the news yesterday. He's back to the scene of the crime. He is joining the L.A. Rams. And what, what caught me off guard, Ray, is like the, the Rams are still telling us that Matthew Stafford's going to be back in week 11. Right. They're on a bye this week. They're telling us that if that's the case, I, I, I don't truly understand why Carson Wentz is coming back to this team. Yeah, if that's if that's the case, if, if he truly is healthy, Matthew Stafford, this is a move that the Rams should have made in July just to have Carson Wentz around, <laughs> right? Right? I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's odd because we've talked to – how much have we spent talking time-wise this year about the quarterback position and the fact that it's just junk? Uh, it's pretty surprising that Carson Wentz is just sitting on the street. I mean, I know, like you said, his career has not been good or anything like that since – he's had some moments, but he's had a lot of struggles yeah. too. Are there really 60 better quarterbacks than Carson Wentz out there? Yeah. I mean, maybe 75, however many, you know, 80, 90, whatever the heck. That, I don't know. But uh, it is an odd signing. It's more, I think, of a name signing, though, to be fair. You know, Rippon looked awful. I mean, he's, you know, wasn't capable of running an offense. At least Carson Wentz can run an offense, even if he doesn't run it very well. Wentz, to me, Ray, um, it doesn't really matter except for this. If Stafford, and I guess this thumb is something you can play through, but don't be surprised if at some point they just bag it. That's, that's kind of what I'm sensing here, Ray, is that the Rams, sure, he'll be back, but it's going to be very easy to knock him out again or just for him to say, ah, forget this. And But the key here is now, Ray, if you're a cup or a Nakua owner, you actually have hope. You know, we, we talked about this on Monday, how ugly it looked with Rippon. Cup has been very quiet in the last three weeks. Nakua's had one good game in the last four, I guess you could say. I, I do feel that whether it's Stafford or Wentz, the Cup owner and the Nakua owner are in a, a, a smoother and better spot for the remainder of the year. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think that's what, you know, to the point I was saying, that Wentz can run an offense. I mean, and again, whether there'll be mistakes, trying to force – balls that he shouldn't into zones he shouldn't all like okay but he will throw the ball to his guys and you know he, he's capable of getting the ball to his guys and I think that's a huge piece of importance here. the Rams gave up last year in the second half I think they're giving up this year too this has been a catastrophic fail after the success they had catastrophic mm -hmm. fail Jeff Manns has talked about this too he's like why everyone wants to fire Bill Belichick who's you know going to the Hall of Fame is one of the greatest coaches of all time no one talks about firing Sean McVay whose team is in the toilet for two years I mean, just it's crazy. Let's talk uh, about that. Let's talk. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Um, obviously, they won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And we knew when they were building for that Super Bowl, it they were piling up a lot of salary cap hell. And they knew that when, when they did it. And and so, Ray, they won the title. You know, they got the brand new stadium. They yep. became a thing again. Yep. With the understanding this might be the 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 penalty after that Super Bowl. I feel that this was all understood by McVeigh and in the front office that this would be the price to pay. I I get it. They're not good. I don't think they expected to be good because because of how they structured the contracts and the guys they went after and the the willingness to trade draft picks. Like they went all in, Ray, and and so a lot of coaches might be fired with offenses like this, with records like this. But I feel there was a mutual understanding two, three years ago that this is, you know, we'll pay for this a bit later. Mm -hmm. um, McVay will walk away, I bet, before the Rams have to fire him, if it ever reaches that point. Look, I'm not a Bill Belichick apologist. I think he's gruff and blah, 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 blah. But I just find it fascinating because it's a growing thing. Like you're seeing the reports out there that the, if they don't win this week, they might fire Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches ever, period. <laughs> Just period, just period, whatever you think about the guy or whatever. He's 10 and 16 since the start of last season. Sean McVay's 8 and 18. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bill Belichick's going to the Hall of Fame. He's got 300 victories. He's got all these Super Bowl championships. You know, let's fire him, but not the wonder kid whose team is way worse. And I agree with you. The Rams knew what they were doing. They did it. And they, in essence, sold their soul to the devil to win. And okay. I mean, I'm sure the fan base is okay with it, I guess, because they're not calling for the firing of the guy that, you know, the, the, they're not going anywhere either. That's that's a problem, too. The You'd have to have a fan base in L.A. Oh, that's fair, too. Yeah. Good call. Let's yeah. trap Southern California a bit more. Again, here. yeah. Woo! <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I th to, to return to your point before I derailed it, the, 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 the Puka and Cup thing, Stafford is huge. If it's not Stafford, Wentz is important, right? Uh, because, you know, Rippon and these things they're doing clearly – 
it's not working, but they need to get the, the semblance of a rushing attack back. You know, Kyron Williams should return. Maybe that helps a little bit, though. If I'm not mistaken, he only had one game of 60 rushing yards this season as himself. It was a huge game, but this team is just not very good. And mm-hmm. uh, all we can hope is that, you know, the quarterback play improves to the point where we can use those wideouts again with confidence. I, I know Wentz is a bigger name and he's a quarterback, so on and so forth. So that one kind of led the way. But the more important signing, Ray, might be Martavis Bryant. And and honestly, I don't know that either Wentz or Bryant are doing anything for fantasy owners the rest of the year. But I say more important because... This Cowboys team, Ray, um, certainly a playoff contender. Um, you know, if things were to truly break, break right and the defense becomes a thing, they, they could maybe compete for an NFC title. Now, we've been saying that for two decades, so I'll, I'll just add another year on to saying Cowboys could win. it. Uh, but Brian's interesting, Ray, because, uh, again, the, the, he was thrown out of the league for like, a, a what was it, dr- drug issues or whatever, you know, so he had to be reinstated all this. He kind of blew it with Pittsburgh. But, Ray, he is going to a Cowboys team that really doesn't have any receivers behind C.D. Lamb. Like Michael Gallup, Lamb's at 57 catches. Michael Gallup is 22. Um, Brandon Cooks is 17. There's actually a spot here, Ray, if Martavis Bryant has anything left where he could perhaps make a bit of an impact for this team. Yeah, and you look at a Gallup since his knee issue, whatever, just hasn't developed as they expected, obviously. Brandon Cooks has had a nice career, but he's a little guy. Uh, Turpin is tiny. I mean, they could use some size, and that's something Brian has. And theoretically, right, there were, we're always in the fantasy space, you know, we're hoping slash wanting him to be a, a thing every week. And, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a big athletic guy that can high point a football and all that. And we'll see. It, it's tough to – and I don't know the answer to this, Kyle. Uh, maybe you – do you remember anyone that's disappeared for years at the wide receiver position to come back? <laughs> the the like only a, guy Ray, that pops up is Josh Gordon. Oh, geez. I knew you were going. <laughs> but, the only one. But here's, here's the thing. <laughs> we haven't said Josh Gordon yet in the week and a half we've been doing this show, so we had to get him in. But the thing with Gordon, Ray, is as much time as he missed, I don't think he ever missed more than like a year or a year and a half. Yeah. We're, Martavis Bryant has not played football in five years. Five that's that's wild. And here's the other thing. Martavis Bryant, who people know that name, and he was drafted constantly in the mid-2010s. Ray, he never had more than 50 catches, yeah. ever. So, I, you know, again, I, I get what the Cowboys are doing. They need somebody, but to be throwing a dart on a guy who's been out of the league five years is kind of nutso, I think. It's, it's pure Jerry Jones with that decision. Incoming, incoming hamstring pull. Um, yeah, it's, it's pure, it's pure, you said it very well, pure Jerry Jones. Anybody, can can you win with CD Lamb being your only receiver? That's it. I mean, they're, they're number two receivers, Jake Ferguson at this point. Right. And there were, I think you watch that game on Sunday, Ray. He's like the number two guy. If you got Jake Ferguson at tight end, I love the spot that you're yeah. in right now. I'm surprised because when the season started, he was out there and he was running around, but he wasn't necessarily running a bunch of routes, wasn't getting a bunch of targets. He was really touchdown dependent. But like you said, the last game, if you watch it, Dak Prescott, anytime there was a problem, Ferguson. Anytime I was moving around, Ferguson. Anytime a play broke down, Ferguson. Like he he is their number two mm-hmm. guy. Can you win doing that? Sure. Can you win long-term with one wide out and – you know, your secondary guy, you, you can't. I mean, the, the Ravens win all the time, and they've never – when the Ravens had a – when have they had one wide out? Like, I mean, you can. It's extremely difficult, though. It, it's kind of confusing to me that you can have all – and, and C.D. Lamb's, you know, wide receiver, one, top 10 guy, 57 catches. But you'd have to combine Cooks and, and Gallup to get the 39 catches. You'll want one of those guys by themselves at 39 catches, and it just has not happened for the Cowboys. Uh, Boys are going to be hosting the Giants this week. Uh, We'll get into point spreads later, but I'll tell you this. They are favored by 16 and a half against the New York Giants. And and the crazy thing, Ray, the the thing about that, you're favored by 16 and a half. The game total is only 38 and a half. So what's that mean? The score is going to be like 28 to 12 or like 27 to 15? Wow. wow. Well, even worse, 27 to 11. I mean, I get, and, and I get it, but man, 16 and a half, not a number you see in NFL circles. Uh, staying with tight end, we, we mentioned Ferguson there. 
Ray, I was wondering as I uh, kind of scoured one of my league's waiver wires, I needed a, a Dallas Goddard replacement. And uh, this was in a 12 teamer. So there were actually plenty of options. And as I was scrolling the position, I kind of thought to myself, well, maybe this, this position is doing better than I thought in 2023. Um, certainly this past weekend was a big one for tight ends. We had like three or four different guys with two tight ends uh, or with two touchdowns. I should say we, we had five tight ends, maybe six who registered more than 20 points in a PPR setup. And so I looked a little deeper uh, thus far, and this was just one league, the league I was looking at, it's a PPR league. Five tight ends are already over a hundred points, which kind of caught me off guard. Um, and in effect, I think Darren Waller's at 79 points. And in this league, that made him the 12th best tight end. But in effect, Ray, we've got a dozen guys. Every single tight end one is sitting at like 80 points in a PPR setup, which roughly speaking is nine to 10 points, depending on if you played nine games or eight games with the bye week. I I'm surprised by that. And, and some of the tight end twos, Ray, are guys like Dalton Kincaid, uh, Kyle Pitts, David Njoku. Trey McBride's in there. Like, I feel kind of good about those guys moving forward. Maybe, oh, maybe, let me throw this out. We end the season with like 15 dudes averaging like nine points a week, which would be better than I'd ever expect at this position. I do find it, you're right. And I find it interesting too, that like tight ends six to 10, they're like separated by like four points. Like, and then there's another group of like 10 guys that are all separated by like 10 points. So they're, there's clearly the groupings that we thought would occur in the preseason, right? There's a top group, then there's another group, then there's mm -hmm. another group. But you're right in general that I, I think if we could have gone, you know, gone back three months and said, you know, there's going to be 13 tight ends this year scoring 10 points a week. Okay. Like we'd be like, that's, a, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I think we're, we're clearly trending toward that zone. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with some, uh, poor quarterback play, right? It's a lot easier to have a read to the tight end than it is to, you know, figure out defensive backfields and what's going on down the field. So maybe there's some of that. There's some safety valve stuff going on. There's some teams like the Cowboys we just talked about that don't really have uh, secondary options in the receiving game out wide. So there's a lot of reasons for it. But I, I think it's really interesting because I have I have George Kittle. I'm looking at my dynasty league right now. I have George Kittle. Uh, and he's tight end six. So, you know, was he drafted as like what, four, fourth off yeah. the board? So he's a little disappointing, but he's fine. Here is point totals, and he's sixth. And this is the problem you run into with the tight end position still, even with the good overall numbers. Five, six, 16, two, 28, one, 13, 24. He's all over the place. Half the time he's played, five, six, two, one. Half his games, he's had less than 6.1 points. And I wrote about this in the Coffin Corner piece last week at fantasyguru.com. And he's number six. And I think that's the real issue. Even these guys at the top that are averaging 10 points a week, how many of them are 10, 10, 10? Every, like if you have Evan Ingram, you're in a great spot because it's the same thing every week. But even the guys at the top, there's still a lot of volatility week to week. Top. Well, and, and you mentioned that volatility. That's why whenever I was looking to replace Goddard, and I, and I say this for anybody, I realize some of you had to do this last night. Some might be doing it tonight. But Ray, anybody I pick up, because Goddard is... I don't know, four to six weeks, if not longer. We just don't know. We'll have to see how the bone heals. But anybody I pick up, Ray, I've, I've got to understand that it's not just a week 10 play. Like, you've got to give all the – and I say this in the preseason, but it but it even plays now, that anybody you pick up, whether it's, um, you know, Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett or David Njoku or, you know, you, Trey McBride, you can still grab him. It's not like you can pick them up on November 8th and then, oh, here, here comes – uh, November 12th, and they're terrible. Oh, God, they were so bad on Sunday. Oh, I'm going to drop this guy and now move to the next guy. Any tight end you're picking up, you got to give them two to three weeks here. I'd say three weeks even. In the in the regular, you know, in, in September, I say, hey, you draft a guy, give him September. Mm -hmm. See what you're getting in September. If it's still bad, move on. But, you know, like a Kittle thing, and again, it goes to all these tight ends. It's boom, 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 boom. I, I wouldn't be playing the matchup game just yet. I mean, that's something people look at is, well, who's who's got a defense that, for whatever reason, just doesn't cover the tight end? Sometimes, I think more in the playoffs, you can do that if you're having issues at tight end. But I think anybody you pick up off the waiver wire this week to replace Goddard Ray, mm -hmm. give him a little bit of leash. Don't expect, hey, it's got to be good in week 10 or else I'm moving to the next guy. 
Yeah, Cole Komet, who's top five at the tight end position in week six and seven, had three points total. Mm -hmm. Three. Dallas Goddard, top 10. His first three weeks of the season. First three weeks, 17 points. And these guys are top 10. So even the guys, like like we're saying, it wasn't just George Kittle. I just used him as an instrument here of explanation. But this is how it is. So I totally agree with you. Um, the, The streaming of tight ends can work. It can. I think it's very difficult. It's not something I would recommend. Um, you know, if you're in the zone where, you know, the guy you're picking up is, is Kylan Granson, well, then you stream. But if yeah. it's David Njoku or Trey McBride or even like a guy like Kate Otten, like give those guys some time. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And and streaming is fine if you got a bye week with a tight end. Um, you know, that's fine to kind of because it's going to be a one week play for most of you. So that's a, a perfect time to stream. But specifically to replacing a guy like Goddard, you, you kind of want to think a little more for the next month and and uh who you can trust and who you can maybe get a few points from so just uh an interesting thing with tight end better than we might have thought in 2023 uh quick rundown of some injury news and it's actually not too bad uh for the middle of the week now it can turn worse uh we got the game on thursday the bears and the panthers i know all of you um are like constantly on seat geek looking for seats to this game it's like oh man i get to see uh maybe uh bryce young against justin fields how cool is this or Wow, it's going to be Chubba Hubbard against uh, a returning Khalil Herbert. Like, this is like DJ Moore revenge game. Like, all this excitement going on. Um, about all of our injury news is with that game. Khalil Herbert looks like he's going to give it a go. Justin Fields was limited on Tuesday. We'll see what the report says for Wednesday, but it kind of sounds like he's good to go. Uh, for the Panthers, DJ Chark is, is missing practice, if you care, with an elbow. But that Herbert thing and that Fields thing, I, I said this yesterday, Ray, for me specifically, I'm in a league where it's like, I need Khalil Herbert. He's going into my starting lineup immediately. How about Fields? We, and we may have a better read tomorrow when we get together, but if, if he's a go and he's out there and he's mm-hmm. starting, that's been a guy that we've said, okay, QB1, I'll make him my starter. Is, is he that guy immediately upon his return if indeed it takes place tomorrow night against the Panthers? I think the answer to that for most people is probably yes. Mahomes is out. Tua is out. Hertz is out. Uh, Stafford's out. Like, that's a lot of firepower guys that are on bye this week. And then you talk about, you know, some of the crappy, you know, Aiden O'Connell's and Zach Wilson's of the world, and you start mm-hmm. picking these things off. And it's hard not to look at Fields and say, to, to answer your question, that it's not a yes, Kyle, that, that Fields should start. And, you know, the we, we've seen the offense be effective at times. Uh, with the the rookie under center for the Bears, we've talked about that, and you know I think that obviously Fields went to the the shelf with those two games of four touchdown passes, the two, final two full games he played, looking very well uh, as very good as a passer. He runs all the time. That athleticism there. I mean, if Josh Dobbs is the top ten quarterback, and he is, isn't Justin Fields in the first <laughs> game back got to be looked at in the same sense? I think he does. Yeah, and and on the other side, Bryce Young's been a mess this year. Uh, fields to me, Ray, even with a bum thumb. And, and I, I wouldn't just say, oh, he's back. He's fine. I, I kind of worry about how he'll play with this thumb. He's not the most accurate QB anyway. Uh, but fields, I, I think probably rises to that QB one level for this week. You mentioned, uh, some of the QBs who are out, some of the offenses who are out as, as we kind of, uh, move ahead to the remainder of the week, we have a total of 14 games, uh, in the NFL this weekend for week 10. It's a lot like last week, which means low scores are expected everywhere. Of the 14 games, as of now, Vegas has six of the 14 with game totals under 40. And one of them is Carolina-Chicago. That's a 39. Bears are actually favored by four. Uh, Green Bay and Pittsburgh, 38 and a half. Tennessee and Tampa, 38. Cleveland and Baltimore. 37 and a half the Giants and the Cowboys 38 and a half and the Jets and the Raiders which is Sunday night football <laughs> Jets and the Raiders is a 36 36 right? well this is and this is more Zach Wilson for you like you talk about every time you turn up the the, the NFL is in love with Aaron Rodgers so Aaron Rodgers was set to be in prime time every week but now that Rodgers is out we get a lot of Zach Wilson this is the worst I it, it, this is just me off the top of my head Ray this is the worst prime time week of NFL action. Thursday, Carolina and Chicago. N- nobody's interested in that, right? Mm-hmm. No one is. Sunday morning, let's call it, you know, that's an international series. Colts and Patriots. Nah. <laughs> Unless it's Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, which it ain't. Who cares? 
Right. Sunday night, the Jets and the Raiders. At, what is that? Aiden O'Connell versus Zach Wilson? That's what you got, Kyle. And then Denver Buffalo in Buffalo on Monday night. The, the most exciting part of the primetime schedule this week is hopefully we just get live shots of Bills fans slamming each other through flaming tables. <laughs> like that is the only way I'm going to sit there and watch three and a half hours of the Bills and the Broncos next Monday. It doesn't sound that off, Kyle. Yeah, that's um, that's cool. rough. And you, you never know how a season's going to play out, right? Like sometimes it can look very different, obviously, when the schedule's being set. But uh, that definitely turned out to be a pretty rough crew here in Week 10. There are decent games. I don't want to make it all ugly. San Francisco at Jacksonville. You know, with the way the 49ers have been playing lately, no. I don't want to call that a must win. Agreed. They, they need a victory yep. on the road at Jacksonville. They're actually favored by three in that game. I think the Cleveland-Baltimore game, um, everybody's going hog wild about the Ravens. I feel that team is one thing at home, which they are this week, mm-hmm. and very different on the road. Uh, they're home against Cleveland. They, let, let's see it, man. You should bury this team, right? Cleveland hasn't shown anything offensively. Defense is pretty good. They're favored by six. I mean, there's a lot of hype on the Ravens right now. Is it too much? I I feel it's still too much hype, right? I don't, I've said this when we talk about Lamar Jackson, we talk about Mm -hmm. these receivers, these running backs. To me, this is the same thing we've always had with the Ravens. They're a good team, but come playoff time, can they win the big games? And in years past, they have not. Can they get Lamar Jackson to the finish line? People making these outlandish, hey, Ravens, best team in the AFC, Super Bowl contender. People have said that every single year uh, about the Ravens, and they've always been good. They get there. But can they get there with Jackson? Can they win in the postseason? That's been the problem with that team. You sound like Jeff Manns right there, Kyle. That's, oh, yeah? that's a Jeff Manns. Yeah, this team isn't really any different than it was last year. Everyone's all excited and yeah. changed OC and everything. At the end of the day, it's kind of the same team. And, you know, we talked about this. Lamar Jackson's got one game of – 240 passing yards. He's not running as much as, as he has in the past production-wise. What wide receiver has this team established this year? Well, it was Zay Flowers, who all of a sudden has turned into a pumpkin the last couple of weeks. He's vanished from the offense. Um, the, the, the Browns have a good defense. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson fumbles at least once every game. Um, so there's a lot. I, yeah, that's I get it. I understand it. But I don't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns won that football game. And even if the Ravens win it, if it's ugly. And, yeah. and I think that. You know, they've always got Justin Tucker in their back pocket, but uh, I don't think they're the juggernaut to your point that some people think they are. I, I think they'll look good this week. I, I think they'll they'll win by, you know, they'll cover that six. I, I don't okay. think they'll get much of a challenge. I, I still, Deshaun Watson, I don't care. He hasn't looked very good. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. last week he had his best game and it was not good. I mean, or and maybe it's a tight shoulder. You got to warm it up. You, like early on, he was misfiring constantly. Uh, with his football throw. So we'll see that. That's in the early window. Uh, Biggest uh, game uh, in terms of the uh, point total, Detroit and the Chargers. That game is in LA. 48 and a half is the number there. Um, You know, Houston, Cincinnati, decent game. Bengals are favored by six and a half as the home team. That number is 48. And then uh, kind of a playoff uh, battle, Saints-Vikings. Uh, New Orleans is at Minnesota, and the visiting Saints are actually the favorite in that game. I was a little surprised to see that. Uh, they are a two-and-a-half-point pick over Minnesota. As for the Packers and Steelers, uh, Pittsburgh favored by three-and-a-half. So that's a bit of an early look at what we've got coming up for Week 10. Again, if you jump into Discord over at FantasyGuru.com and uh, you're kind of looking for a betting edge, a wagering edge, um, all of our personalities and analysts are willing to help there. So do take advantage of that at fantasyguru.com. We will uh, shift away from the football and uh, hit you with a little basketball on this Wednesday. Um, now, the plan is usually Tuesdays. We'll talk some hoops. But yesterday, there was no action. There was nothing in, in the NBA. So Justin Fincerman, who's just getting rolling with the start of a new year, we thought we'd give him a full day off, kind of let him rest and relax because there are no more days off uh, for a while. I mean, even Christmas, there's no days off in the NBA. So Justin is with us today. Uh, to talk uh, not only what we have seen in the uh, first couple of weeks in the NBA, but also what we're getting ready for tonight in DFS. we got a giant 14-game slate. Uh, you're not sweating yet, Justin, as you get ready for this 14-game slate. You're taking it easy still this morning. Yeah, but the storm is coming. But you, Kyle, you've known me for a lot of years, and you know how I feel about no action. So I'm so happy tonight yeah. where we'll all get plenty of action in this 14-gamer we have. Right, Ray? Yeah. Oh, 14 love game. the action. Yeah. Woo! 
14 games. That's exciting. Um, well, let's start with that, Justin, on the DFS. Okay, 14 games, and and like I, I guess for a pro like yourself, you like know what to do. Where are you gonna? For those who aren't pros at this, but they enjoy playing DFS, you know, they like throwing down on big slate. How do you start? What where do you begin with when you're looking at 14 games and trying to figure out what the hell to do? Are there game stacks specifically to tonight that you kind of favor and and kind of lets you focus? say on those games to start your build absolutely where i go it's weird for dfs it's not really that weird but looking at what those game totals are i look at more game totals than team totals other analysts look at the specific team totals but because i look at the game totals i can also look at the potential pace as well so i'm looking for what i perceive to be a fast-paced game or if there's a team that moves relatively slow, but they're facing a team that moves at lightning speed, they're going to have more possessions than we're used to seeing. So I'm going to try to get with those teams. But I look for those high game totals. And for tonight, you got the Charlotte Hornets there with the Wizards. You've also got Indiana and Utah. These teams move at lightning speed. 240s in those game totals for a reason. That's where I'm looking to stack, especially, Kyle, with Charlotte being a good example because Terry Rozier, who takes a lot of shots, he is not going to be playing. So now the shots are going to be divided a little bit more. Everybody's going to be focusing on LaMelo Ball, obviously, as usage goes up. But some of these other guard forwards that they have, and even guy like P.J. Washington, are going to be taking a lot more shots, and we're going to have to take advantage of that. Justin, John Morant's dealing with the 25-game suspension and all that stuff from, you know, guns and all the, the shenanigans and all that. The Memphis Grizzlies are 1-6 to start the year. Is that kind of what you expected? What, what's going on with the Grizzlies? I didn't expect it to be that bad. If anything, I thought that them having Marcus Smart would at least hold them up defensively. But, guys, over the last few years, Marcus Smart, he hasn't been the same kind of defender. I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's motivation or anything like that. He's just not that shut down perimeter defender. He's decent, but we're used to him being one of the tops in the game for many, many years. But the problem is when it comes to the offense and he is helped out offensively, he's not explosive like John Morant. It's like back in the 2000s, you take Allen Iverson out of the Sixers and it's going to slow them down. They just can't cause defenders to collapse on any of their other guys, Memphis. Their shooting isn't bad. And when you're a team that moves at a fast pace but isn't shooting well and doesn't play defense, that's a recipe for disaster. If you're going to move at this very quick pace and you're not going to defend and it's going to be a race to 110, 115 every game, you got to be able to shoot better. And this team doesn't do that. And I don't even know, guys, if John Morant coming back I don't even know if that's going to ultimately help them be able to compete in the West. It'll surely give them a bump, and I know it's early, and I'm trying not to overreact. They look horrible. I can't stand watching them. <laughs> the team that you watch all the time, they're your team, if I'm not mistaken, Justin, New York Knicks. I try to actually, just so everybody knows, I, okay. as much as I love the Knicks, I actually keep track of what teams I watch on what night so okay. I can make sure I have even or somewhat even exposure to watching at least a half of every single team. Yeah, this guy watches the Orlando Magic. Either, right? Dude, this year it's been fun watching the Orlando Magic, <laughs> but I suffered through the previous years. But that's the only way, guys. That's how we're learning this process. We got to watch the games. It, let's talk about the Knicks. And you look at Julius Randle. I'm on the outside here, Justin. I'm not a hoops guy or anything. I look at you know Julius Randle and I see a double-double. I see him averaging about five assists. These numbers look really good. Then I look at a 30% field goal percentage and I'm like, whoa. Talk to us about what's going on with, with Julius Randle in this Knicks uh, offense. Julius Randle is hindering all of our Knicks options. The guy holds on to the ball too much. It's so frustrating because I've had to eat so much crow when the Knicks had success last year, not because of Julius Randle necessarily in the postseason, but people say he's a number two guy. He's a leader. He's not a leader. He's not a number two guy. He gets the ball and goes in the corner. Basic fundamental mistake that we all learned playing PALCYO basketball. We all learn that you got to stay out of the corner because you're going to get trapped every time. And he's worse with it, Ray. He takes those shots from the corner. This guy doesn't see a place he doesn't like to shoot from on the floor. You've got other guys. The Knicks brought in other scores like Adante DiVincenzo, who when fed has proven himself. So that's the problem with Julius Randle. And it's not only that he takes a lot of shots and he's shooting so poorly from the field. He holds on to the ball too long. 
Possession being 24 seconds when you get the rebound, the clock down to 15, and that's all you have. This guy's holding on to the ball for over 50%, it seems like. <laughs> and, and the Knicks play very slow, and that's not going to help them. If they were running gun, it wouldn't be as problematic. But we can't trust a lot of these Knicks options, even Jalen Brunson to an extent, because Randall is holding on to the ball for too long. He's shooting too much, and he's shooting very poorly, and it's taking the Knicks out of games. Nick, Nick's are going to be a popular uh, spot tonight uh, for eyeballs. I don't know about DFS, but for eyeballs, ESPN has coverage of their game from Madison Square Garden against the Spurs and Victor Wimbenyama. So seven games of Wimbenyama. The highlights are fun. He always gives us some wild-looking highlight almost every night. We've probably seen three or four really good games. I, I think he's been a hit for the most part. You know, it's not smooth sailing every game. I was looking at the DFS price specific tonight. It's still like sub nine. I think like 8,600 is, is that too cheap for him? Or is that a fair price for Wimbenyama? To me, it's right there still, but the matchup isn't good. Tonight, Wembenyama for me would be more of a GPP option. And a lot of people are going to use him anyway because he's the flashy toy that we have in this league. But the Knicks actually defend those power forwards and centers pretty well. And they're a slow-paced team. Also something we have to consider, this team, and we got crushed in the betting discord on Fantasy Guru because I had two of my three bets from that Pacers-Spurs game that was like a 38-point route the entire time, and the Spurs just got handled. Now, Pop, what Popovich did was they were coming off a of back-to-back, so they streamlined the minutes, and they got blown out. But still, the Knicks are favored by 10 in this game, which is really weird to see the Knicks favored by double digits in this one. So for me, Wembenyama, go after more of a GPP because you could get Mitchell Robinson in foul trouble. Once that happens, it'll be easier for Wemby to produce. For me, though, am I going to be building around this guy? Is he going to be in my core four? Probably not. Well, and, and you say the price is uh, fairly it, It's right there, Kyle. If he starts yeah. going up to that 9K range, I'm going to have to pick him in high-octane environments. Popovich yeah. isn't just going to keep him out there for reps if this Spurs team is getting blown out, and that's something that we're going to have to look at on a day-by-day basis. All right, early on, you know, we're two weeks in. Um, sometimes, like, a DraftKings or a FanDuel, they kind of – It feels like we're, up. like, five months in already. Yeah, <laughs> no, only two weeks. Um, sometimes, like, a DraftKings and FanDuel, they, they – you know, struggle to catch up to the minutes or to a role. And we see guys continually underpriced early on. Is is there anybody fulfilling that spot thus far this season? So I'll give you a name and he hasn't been crushing his price point when it comes to that 5X return, but someone who was just scanning DraftKings today, Kyle Kuzma. Let's not forget, while Jordan Poole is going to take a lot of shots, pretty much everyone under the sun. At the same time, when it comes to Kyle Kuzma, he's this team's second option. Gives you points and boards, and also this team's moves at a rapid pace, so the possessions will be in his favor for the majority of his games because this team is one of the fastest, if not the fastest-moving team in the league. And if he's going to stick in that 7K to 7,500, most nights I'm going to be going after him. It's nice and cheap, and for a second option on a high-octane offensive team, I like it. When it starts going up, when he's getting deep double-doubles soon enough, and it starts going up to that 8K-plus range, then we're going to have to make different decisions. Kind of the second Barry option if you're into hoops, and I don't know who would leave the Warriors for this, uh, but Sacramento, Justin, uh, the Kings, they off, they're off to a slow start this season. Uh, they were one of the better teams in the West last year, but it just hasn't happened yet. Talk to us about their struggles and uh, what's going on with Deron Fox and who's going to fill in there due to his injury. Yeah, he, they don't play any defense. They're another team that they're going to be. And look, we talk about, here's a perfect example from the 2000s, those Dallas Mavericks teams that it would be a race to 120, but they would also be given up 118 on the side. And that's the problem. you got to be shooting well. And this team has just been up and down like a roller coaster ride. Darren Fox being out, it, since, it seemed like he was going to be out for a while, but now it seems like we're in this day-by-day movement of whether or not he's going to play. Regardless, though, you see other guys like Davion Mitchell on the ball a little bit more, Kevin Herter on the ball. But guys, from a fantasy standpoint, We can't really put full trust into Harrison Barnes and Herter and Malik Monk, who I grabbed in a few of my season-long leagues. They're just all so up and down. It's been so hard to really figure it out. To me, if by default I'd go with a 
Kevin Herter type who we know can shoot and also will have a little bit more control with the ball with no Fox. But, man, you just look at these stat lines, and it's just been up and down and up and down, and really outside of Sabonis, and that's why this team ultimately has struggled. If they're not going to defend, they got to be hitting shots or getting in the lane. You know, Justin, uh, over in our chat room, we have a question from Hal and um, kind of talking about road trips for NBA teams and when to when, you know, how long does a road trip have to be before you start fading players from a road trip? I, I was looking Miami. Miami's like in Memphis tonight. Uh, it's the first of four straight on the road. Nine of their next 10 are on the road. Uh, things like long road trips. We'll see this like I know Chicago leaves. Uh, the Windy City for like two weeks every year because of the the circus coming into town. And, you know, we'll see the Knicks or the Celtics, these East Coast teams make their West Coast jaunt. Uh, road teams, and, and probably more for DFS, when is that point where you start saying, okay, that the road's going to have an effect on some of their results? So you bring up Miami as a good example. Hasn't won a game on the road yet this year. They're 0-3. Part of this road trip that they're going on right now, they've got very – fast-paced offenses and they're more slow moving so it's gonna they're gonna be running a lot guys here's the thing that they have so on the 11th and the 12th they have atlanta and then san antonio that is going to be a very tough back-to-back -back from a pace standpoint but then it gets even worse because two days later to end their road trip to end this whole road trip they're in charlotte who moves at a very fast pace as well so i'm thinking by that charlotte game I'm going to be looking at some of those Charlotte players that I maybe normally wouldn't attack Miami's midcourt. And Jimmy Butler's great. He's a well-conditioned player. But at that point, that's when I'm going to be looking at the Mark Williams of the world to take out Bam Adebayo. And I think Miami tires out by the time they hit Charlotte, who moves very, very fast. Guys, a lot of my analysis is very pace-centric. And that's mm -hmm. because, A, I'm watching these games. I'm seeing how fast these teams move. But B, and I think I said this on one of our live streams we did weeks ago, you know, pace produces possessions. And those possessions are going to get us paid. So add that fourth P right well, there. And it goes, it goes for hockey. It goes for NFL. It goes for the NBA. Baseball doesn't really have pace. But you're, you're for the DFS player in all three of those sports – paying attention to pace and all of our write-ups each and every day at fantasy guru really pound home this idea of pace. Right. Uh, so if you're playing those three sports, you're going to want to pay attention to that. Um, one more thing for me, injuries, um, Jamal Murray, hamstring in Denver, Robert Williams, knee surgery in Portland. What's the fallout for Denver and Portland? Any fantasy angles to play there with those two guys out? I'm just shaking my head with Robert Williams, the time lord. The guy just can't stay healthy. It's one lower body injury after another. So really when it comes to Portland with what we're seeing from DeAndre Ayton, he's going to still he's going to be playing 30 plus for the most part. And then when it comes to those games that we think that Portland are going to get blown out, maybe in a GPP Jabari Walker would be an option that could get you a volume production in 15 to 20 minutes in that regard. We saw him the other night actually grab multiple steals, block the shot. And I'm looking for that production in every category, even if it's one block and two steals and five points, all of that adds up. And that's what I'm looking at, especially the defensive stats, fellas, because when you see the defensive stats, those right there are going to be more justification to play those players and give them defense gives you more minutes. So that's the Portland situation. Unfortunately, on the Denver side, Nikola Jokic just has so much darn usage with the ball that Jamal Murray, for the most part in this offense, is the off guard anyway. So you're going to see Reggie Jackson handle the rock a little bit more. The problem with Reggie Jackson is you can't have him shooting the basketball unless he's open for a set shot. So when it comes to him just standing there, that's fine. But if he's trying to create, I want the ball out of his hands immediately. It has to happen. So unfortunately, there's no real beneficiary when it comes to shots or even time with the ball because of Jokic running the offense for the most part. But someone to watch out for on the waiver wire, maybe besides a Jackson, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Regular starter, the, all, the guy is a great defender as well. Little up and down with his scoring, but he'll take a few shots, even shots from deep, and he'll even grab you a few boards and get you a steal as well. 14 games uh, tipping off tonight, starting at 7 Eastern. Those first set of games, uh, last set of games get going at 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, not only is it a huge DFS night, Justin, I know you guys will have cheat sheets, write-ups, all that, uh, but tonight is another watch with Justin Wednesday night, right? Yeah, watch along Wednesday. Tonight starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Guys, come watch some basketball with us. You know, Kyle, 
Put the boy to bed. Ray, walk the dog a thousand miles like you do every day and just come right into the DFS NBA Discord. We're I don't have the league pass, though. I'm, I'm left watching the Knicks and the Spurs. I can't flip around all these games. Oh, guy, I feel so bad for you. That's going to be a fun game. But, guys, it's going to be great. Just going to be giving my reactions. I'm going to pick two games. I try to not go with the nationally televised game all the time because – other people are watching it, and yeah. I want to hear from all of you in the DFS NBA Discord. So make sure that you go in there starting at 7 p.m. I'll be in there for a few hours. I'll also be talking about bets and everything. Got the write-up coming out a little bit later on too, Kyle. But DFS NBA Discord channel, watch along Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm also going to post a note in Discord reminding everyone. It's been fun. Looking forward to it, Justin. Thanks for the visit here today on FSD. And do it again next week, okay? Good luck, man. Thank you guys so much for having me again. He is the man with the ball. He is the man who talks the court. Justin Finsterman with us, uh, helping us on the DFS and the season long side. Again, thanks to, uh, I think it was Hal uh, sending the question. If you ever have questions, you know, when we bring on a guest or Ray and I are, you know, mumbling on about something, uh, feel free to send them in there. I know Ray's been very active, you know, answering some of those questions when we can off air. Uh, so you can check those out in the comments section. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, the audio version is uh, pretty well uh, 20 to 30 minutes right after we conclude things here on the video side. Uh, big thank you to everybody on the Facebook, x.com, uh, YouTube, all that stuff for following us. But again, subscribing to the uh, audio podcast, make sure that you never miss us. Uh, so you can catch us each and every day there. We get rolling at 11 a.m. Eastern and Ray, we go for about 50 minutes to an hour, and mm -hmm. what do you know? We're, we're at that point right now, so I guess we're probably done for the day. What's what's the rest of your Wednesday look like outside of tuning in for some NBA tonight? Yeah, I might actually do that. Do you have access to Discord yourself, Kyle? I don't even know. Do you? Oh, uh, yeah, I think I can. I, I I don't use it too often. I am yeah. one of the lone people not in Discord. Ray's always in Discord, though. Yeah, I unfortunately weird. am. Your name is probably Jeff Manns in there, right? Just Yeah, probably. Just is. I'm probably dirty comments. Or something. Um, my Wednesday, I mean, just to say it too, people can go to youtube.com slash at Elite Plus Network. That's the home base for the YouTube account. You click on the About tab at the top, and it'll uh, show you all of the ins and outs of all the offerings we have. Uh, it'll show you the links to Spotify and iTunes. You can obviously just put Fantasy Sports Daily in there too if you want to search for that so you can have the podcast. Um, I, for the rest of my day-to-day, -day, after I get off here, I'll continue to work on my Week 10 breakdown, that huge article where I cover all the – the game action of the week and then kind of take a global perspective to augment all the specific articles we have at the site talking about positions and matchups and all of that. Uh, and then I'm on with Jeff Manns on Wednesdays on the elite sports show. That's on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio Monday through Friday from three to five Eastern time. I'm on every Wednesday. So I'll be on with Jeff uh, doing that a little later. And then I'll uh, dive back into doing some more work on this matchup piece. Kyle, it's a monster. And then Thursday morning, he'll be back with us. And uh, tomorrow, we'll get you set for the uh, Panthers and the Bears. Ryan Clifford, as always, uh, jumping on for a little DFS showdown talk. And uh, we'll look ahead to the upcoming week of uh, English Premier League. I had one of my most hideous and awful weeks of all last week in the English Premier League. So me and Ani Sridhar, we'll sit down for a few minutes, take a look ahead. It does sound like Erling Holland going to be okay to play this week. Uh, that's kind of a big situation coming out of last week, captaining him. Not the right move. Didn't, didn't work out at all. Uh, we'll see if people are back on board for this week. So a little bit of soccer, football, and whatever else. Maybe we'll get some baseball signings with free agency. We will break it all down as only we can. It is Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle Alford, Gray Flowers. We are powered by FantasyGuru.com. We will catch you on Thursday.